Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Penny Bloom Podcast. It is episode 59, and it is I, Colton Robertson. <laughs> you say 69. <laughs> I didn't say 69, but... Oh, damn. But we'll get okay. there one day. Uh, okay, yeah. Ten episodes from now, yeah, actually. That'll be pretty soon. That'll be pretty soon. Well, be a, that'll be a nice episode. That will. Uh, it is I, Colton Robertson, joined by none other than the magnificent Tavares Paddington. Hello. It's funny that I'm saying none other because we actually do a podcast where you are not there. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, I'm going to continue saying none other. but uh, yeah. That, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. No um, problem. No also problem. appreciate your work on the other podcast. Oh, really you know, I... I mean, is it? It doesn't feel like work when I'm talking you know, about the Mandalorian. You right, know? right. I love me some Star Wars. I'm gonna talk about it. <laughs> there you go. What you been up to, buddy? It's been Man, a few weeks since yeah, we've gotten been, blink. It's uh, kids don't go to college, <laughs> <laughs> and if you are, drop out. <laughs> no, seriously, it's uh, yeah, it's just been hectic. Uh, we're we're in college during Corona. It's it's something else entirely. It's, it's a lot. It's not. It's, a lot. it's not normal. None of this shit's normal. Nothing's normal anymore. Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Joe Biden won the election. Kamala Harris. Here's the thing. Obviously, I didn't want fucking Donald Trump. Obviously. Ob- Obviously. Obviously. But I I wanted some sort of workaround. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted some sort of workaround where like this like this just cur- this the whole thing collapsed. Here. Yeah, yeah. And then we had to rebuild it with someone else. Yeah, no that that would that would be ideal. It's, it's just like there is a uh, watching the presidential debates, especially there is just a certain level of intelligence I would expect when it comes to political discourse that has not and still, you know. It doesn't seem like we're going to get it. It just seems like we got to agree to agree that <laughs> politics is the, the peak of politics right now is Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. Which is just here's the thing. If I'm watching a presidential debate and I go at 20 years old without a college degree, I am smarter than both of these motherfuckers. Yeah. No. And like literally that that might be that might be cocky. I also think they're both just that dumb. Yeah. They they they've said some harebrained shit. It's just and I got a I got a Snapchat earlier today from my boy Trenton and he was like he's Republican. So uh, he hit me up. Doing that. Yeah. He, <laughs> <laughs> he hit me up and he he sent me a TikTok that was like Democrats in 2020. It was like we don't want an old white guy who locks people up. Da, 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 da. And then it was like, Joe Biden won the election. And they're like, oh, my God, everything's fixed. What? <laughs> and he goes, oh, I mean, let me get to it. And he said, this isn't you, but watch this. And I was like, well, fucking duh, it isn't me. I'm not a Democrat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fooled them. And I was like, I was like, I was like, from now on, if you want to make fun of Democrats, please do. Please yeah. send them to yeah, me. I literally. will agree. Literally. But also, don't justify it with this isn't you because I know it's not me. Yeah, I know it's not me. Don't even, like, that's not, we we weren't even ever asking that question. See, and, like, now it makes me think whenever I send jokes to him that he wants me to justify them with this isn't you. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. I'm not sending jokes to him that are him. Right. Like, I've definitely had that experience, especially during this you know, I guess highly what was a highly tense political season. It's already starting to die off now. Um, just D- discourse overall is yeah, tapering off, right? And that's how it always goes. 
Um, but I was getting, I would get political things from people that I knew. And I'm like, I, uh, like this one dude sent me a video of why socialism doesn't work. And I was just like, I don't care. Someone, someone sent me a fan cam of Kamala Harris. It was like, we did it. And I was like, I was like, fuck is we. Yeah. <laughs> we. We? You're like, who? Who, who you speak in French to? Cause, How many people you send this to? Because <laughs> I know you ain't talking about you and I. Here's, and like, don't get me wrong. I, I, we can separate the fact that Kamala Harris is the first black, black woman oh, yeah, to hold of the course. office of vice president. Amazing. Absolutely awesome. Yeah. But we can also acknowledge the fact that Kamala Harris fucking sucks. Right. And like, it's like, it's not a matter of, uh, I saw something about Joe Biden's transition team being more than half, uh, people of color. And, you know, that's great and all. But, um, ultimately, like, I don't necessarily want to hear about, like, I don't, I don't think that that's the first point you make. You, you, once do they, they have do something the... good, mm-hmm. then you make the point that, hey, maybe they worked better together than historical transition teams because of the fact that they're more diverse. Maybe. Not, hey, they're more diverse, therefore everything they will do will be good. That's the, <laughs> you, You've inverted the operation there. We don't know that. I, lis- I was listening to a podcast, and it was, it was this guy, Mike Guadabasio, who uh, made this point that was like, I was looking at Joe Biden's COVID team, and I was just so excited to see that all of them had doctor in front of their name. That's not something I should be excited about. That should be normal. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that should be expected. Literally, literally. And so he was just, and like, that is the one thing that I'll, uh, I'll say I'm, I'm glad about this election is that I don't think the normal is good in our country, but at least we won't have an absolute fucking moron fueling hate in in a position of power like that. Right, and sowing division and just in general being he he fired someone today for uh, uh uh from the Department of Homeland Security for denying outright the claims of uh, like voter fraud and shit. Um and the man just keeps tweeting I won the election in all caps. And here's the thing is that like the reason pe- people who worship Trump are believing him is because months ago, he started months ago saying that mail-in ballots are fraudulent, right. that there are going to be problems. And when he talks about that four months in advance, obviously by the time the mail-in ballots come in, he's going to be like, what do you guys think? Right. I've been telling you for months this is bullshit. Like it's, And it's not bullshit. Yeah. It's just... I don't know. It... it, it I had an inkling of a feeling that he was going to have problems accepting defeat. And um, I think most other people did as well. And, uh, you know, time and time again, Trump does nothing. Well, he does something to surprise us, yet nothing, which is the the unfortunate part of Trump. It's just like it, it keeps getting more and more like it's I've never seen someone who cares more about his image and more about what you Go. think of him. Mm hmm. That still somehow, simultaneously, is just, I don't, so unlikable. So and like, persist, like, I do not get it. I don't get it one bit how anybody on fucking earth could like this man. Oh, no. Come at me. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's like. He's just not a good person. It And it's, 
I can't even conceive of what someone could possibly like about it. Like, I don't have the slightest guest. I haven't the foggiest. I do not know, and I do not get it. I never will. Yes, I, I, I don't think I will either. It's... Uh... 2016 was a goddamn 2016 to 2020. I just think everyone will, after this point, try to collectively block it out of their memory because it's been a shit time. But um, <laughs> ultimately, we're going to be able to say we lived through the Trump era. Uh, see, that's the. It's like Trumpism won't die though because he didn't create the shit. No. He's just the one who it boiled up into. These were the whispers being uh, laid out by the GOP for years years of islamophobia and sprinkle sprinkling in the homophobia and these Yo, reversing see, roe v wade had you like heard that. about that uh, woman who ran for congress in georgia who was uh, a black woman running as a republican i did not have you heard of her? I, I kept seeing her tweets and like i was like eventually she she tweeted something today or yesterday about you see the new little nas x cover oh yeah him with himself yeah you know it's a little nas x cover yeah i didn't think it was that bad she she like went on this whole thing about oh this is this what is what you're selling to black kids, kids and, yeah, yeah yeah so you saw that yes I went so I saw that tweet and I went and looked at her account and then I realized who this was I thought it was, this was like someone who just random won, won uh Congress in uh, Georgia because she still has like that she's like representing whatever yeah. district um and I obviously uh coming from Georgia uh especially like the, it looked like Atlanta I think it was the, that's her district um. But I was like, probably a Democrat. And I look at it and it's like Republican. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then I go look down at her older tweets and like, I'm just like, holy shit. They just give an explicit story about pull yourself up by your bootstrap. She's like, I was in, I was a felon, had three kids, was in jail. Like this crazy ass backstory that leads to her being in, in, you know, Congress, which is great. But then it's to go speak out against Lil Nas X. And then also say, also attach a photo that Lil Nas X took representative of his own art and attribute yeah. that to the entirety of the black community to say, this is what the black community promotes. No, this is what one dude made. Yeah, it's not. Put into the world. There was another person coming at him for that, too, the other day. And he was like, this is the message you want to send to kids. Kids listen to your music, man. What are you doing? He's like, I do not control who listens to my music. That is yeah. not on me. Yeah. I create what I want to create. Yeah. If you don't want your kids to see it, do not show your kids it. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Literally. Literally. And it's like. Also. I'm not going to help you raise your kids to be homophobic pieces of shit. <laughs> like there you are that, that's there that's you it. are i saw something earlier today where uh shay serrano i fucking love shay serrano he yeah. tweeted like a uh, shout out to all my trans homies and uh someone responded was like i don't think it's very cool of you to promote a mental illness like this because all the trans people are obviously mentally ill and obviously he <laughs> he said fuck you blocked him and tweeted a picture of him flipping the middle <laughs> finger and i was like god i fucking love shay serrano <laughs> I love that man. Yeah, no, that's uh, I, I just people are people are very biased. Fuck transphobes. All my homies hate transphobes. All my homies hate transphobes. God, that's such a good meme. Oh, dude, I I drop that meme all the time. Yeah. Shall we get into the episode a little? I bit? think so. I all think right, so. so the rest of the episode will have nothing to do with nothing that. To we do with politics. We just needed to talk about it yeah. a little bit. Uh, 
it's actually we're going to keep talking about uh the, the Batman. Yeah, this got, is a Batman binge part two. Yeah, or no, part Batman three. Binge part three. We yeah. have Batman and Robin. The Batman I begins. We did Batman and Robin. Uh huh. Now we'll do the Dark Knight. Fucking phenomenal movie, all timer. Uh, after that, we're going to talk about some of the shit we've seen on Apple TV. Uh, well, that I've seen on Apple TV Plus. I've been carving through that shit, and uh, you know, we'll we'll close it off with some other segment that we haven't had the idea for yet, but we will later. <laughs> Sound like a deal? Sounds like a deal. All right, let's roll that tape. To the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. So the Batman binge continues with The Dark Knight. How do you feel about this movie? We've been watching it for years. How do you feel about this movie? Uh, Do you want to know how I got this smile? (laughs) Watching The Dark Knight. (laughs) You want to know how I got these scars? Yeah, no, The Dark Knight is just the it's just a pure out classic. I don't know how else to how else to begin. It's uh it's just the best. I, I we were while we were watching it, I said to you, This is not just one of the best superhero movies ever. This is just like straight up one, one of the, of best, the movies. best movies ever made. Like in terms of what the goal is and in terms of the completion of the goal, in terms of making a Batman film. Like, not just a, a, a comic booky movie, but a film. Like, a movie that people actually take seriously and get dramatically invested into. It just It's never been done better. And there are few portrayals of good and evil that come across quite as clear mm-hmm. as Batman versus Joker, you know? Yeah. And obviously, Batman's not... 100% good or anything. Right. But he's definitely not the Joker. No. <laughs> definitely not the Joker. But there's a dichotomy at play here, which is interesting. They deal with a lot of complex issues, which is this idea that one necessitates the other. Absolutely. No, Joker says that yeah, multiple times. Exactly. He's like, you won't kill me. Right. You need me. And it's it, like... It, that's always does. been true. Yeah. That's always been true of the Batman comics, and for whatever reason, um, whether or not you know, it, it, I mean, it is founded in like you know the idea of Batman not killing anyone. Um, but at the same time, like I think it speaks a lot about like the nature of the world in, in a lot of ways. Like that, you have sort of this, uh, you have one side of things that just like seeks to to it, express things. Um, purely emotionally and another side that is like purely like attempts to be purely rational yeah 100 percent. and uh joker says during the movie that he's he's not uh he's not crazy he's just ahead of the curve yeah he's like eventually everyone will lose their minds Uh everyone will be just as (laughs) murderous (laughs) as i am and that's what he sets out to prove mm-hmm. by, you know, rigging the ships to explode. Right. And uh, 
obviously that backfires. <laughs> yeah. No, it does. Um, Turns but, out Batman wins that battle. <laughs> yeah. Batman in general, too, is um, he's, he's kind of like this. He, you can tell he's on his way out. I remember watching this and thinking that this was the, the, the last Batman movie for the series. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, just two movies? Like, And oh, yeah, it did it take them way. another four years to put out the next one. Yeah, it certainly uh, it certainly feels that way that this was kind of a possibly the send off. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I mean, obviously, you don't have quite the completion you would have looked for, but they could have left it at this. Yeah, they could have. Uh, the only reason they can't is that now Batman's on the run, right? And that's kind of uh, it's kind of crucial. Yeah, yeah, but it it almost felt like <laughs> this move like. Like kind of, uh, I mean, and I know. Do you know how The Sopranos ends? No. Oh, you okay. you finish it? No, but oh. I know how it ends, which is just I know oh. I've heard what the last scene is because it pissed a lot of people. I've off. heard I've heard that it was controversial. That's why I kind of like was like. And if they had ended the ended the Dark Knight, I guess what would have been two movies at that point uh-huh. with him on the run, it would have kind of felt like a. This is just his life. You know, this is what it's always going to be. He's always going to oh. be, he's so always going to be the hero they need. There's you know? no redemption in the end of The Sopranos, I'm assuming. I'm guessing not. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't know the complete story, but uh-huh. I, I know enough to be like, I don't think the story is quite like. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's exactly, honestly, even still, and you know, we'll get to this next week probably. Um, But like when we get to The Dark Knight Rises, like. I feel like that movie ends in a way very similarly to this one. Oh yeah, for me at least I was. I was. It didn't have to be the end. I did not feel like they they had tied the knot and uh, you know wrapped the bow or whatever the fuck. Yeah, (laughs) just kind of like they were just kind of like that. (laughs) They were just kind of they just like stopped. That's that. (laughs) It's like a it's like a dancing show or something or a tap dancing show where they're just tap dancing and they stop and then they go. And they throw their arms out to the side. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we got, folks. <laughs> that's all. That's all we made, <laughs> bro. Pretty much. But let's talk about the Dark Knight a little bit. How do you feel about uh, this uh, dichotomy they struck between Harvey Dent and Bruce Wayne, Batman? It's really interesting. It's like even even more than that, the triangle they built between Gordon. Yeah, because Batman they all and, uh, represent Harvey. something kind of. Right, different pillars of yeah. different pillars of justice. Honestly, you mm-hmm. got you got like this form of street justice. You got this form of uh, semi-corrupt police justice, and then like the actual justice system, um, which is seen as like you know this, this perfect symbol, this thing that yeah. that is impenetrable, that is just um, always has to be you know the most clean-cut thing. Um, and it's sort of like a, it's like a, you know, whereas Harvey's at the top, you know, you take a step down, you get to Jim Gordon, you take another step down, you get to Batman, who's like, yeah. you know, in the underground. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting when you think about the world in those terms too, because you know, you have the, you have the person who's gonna, who can serve as the image, you have the person who will get the work done, um, and also still kind of adhere to semi public image and then you got the person who just completely forgets what like, fuck what who, the people think yeah. I'm gonna do what needs to be exactly. done. Exactly. Like doesn't even have an image. Um Exactly. Those are like kind of three levels to think about uh I guess just justice in general. Yeah, overall and one thing I really like about this movie is that they uh they made a point to call Harvey the White Knight mm-hmm. multiple times. Mm-hmm. So as to contrast with the Dark Knight. Right. It was like this was the this was the hero 
they needed, mm-hmm. you know. They needed to believe Harvey Dent was, and he was yeah. once upon a time. He was that thoroughly trying to do what was right dude. Yeah. And the Joker got to him in a way that he couldn't get to Batman, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, no. Drove him mad. And it's a it's especially interesting, too, because I think that they did a good job at tying together a, a specific conflict for Batman's character throughout three films, which is this idea of, like, why? Why do you, like, what what is the purpose of Batman? Like, yeah. what are you really trying to accomplish here? And ultimately, I think everyone acknowledges, you know, that the point of Batman is to, at some point, not exist. It is to solve... So that Bat... It's to clear the streets so that Batman doesn't have to be there. Right. Um, because Gotham was in just such a terrible state. Um, but, you know, it's it's weird, though, because, like, especially from a viewer's perspective, like, you are already invested in the existence of Batman. You want Batman to, to be out fighting crime. You don't, you don't want him to not have to exist. Right, exactly. And you don't want this story to end, especially this, this specific story, because... Like oh. uh, the, the Nolans just fucking I don't know Jonathan got, Nolan and what do you think Nolan they did growing up for fun, bro? Wrote <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I promise, bro. Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy wrote Westworld. You cannot not be a little bit crazy to <laughs> come to no, come you, up with you Westworld. Gotta, you got to be a little bit crazy for sure. I mean, to I mean, and I know uh, we we mentioned multiple times how Heath Ledger really obviously elevates this character into uh-huh. something that it never had been before yeah uh but that's in in part because of the writing that was provided uh-huh. you know uh and obviously like getting to that dark of a place that they definitely get to in westworld oh it's yeah. just uh it's always so captivating uh-huh. It gets me every time. Yeah. No, it it does too because I feel like they they understand how to reward their readers like their and their viewers. Yeah. Like yeah. They, they they know how to make things pay off in a way that like makes you that that ensures you continue watching even after the payoffs because you don't know what the other payoffs are. And you're like, "Yo, they've been the way they had been been building it up before. I can't wait to see how this ends." Exactly. And I mean, even if their endings I feel like their endings are kind of more lackluster than not. Like the endings of uh, Interstellar, of uh, Westworld seasons, of the Batman movies. They're very um, um, inconclusive, which is aggravating, but also probably artistically valuable. Yeah. You know, it's all up for interpretation type shit. Yeah. And they really buy into that or whatever. But like. At the same time, sometimes I just want to know what the fuck happened. <laughs> like, I'm like, yo, tell me what to think. Like, I don't need to do all this I don't want to do the to, mental gymnastics. Yeah, to figure out what what Batman riding away means. So like, what? Wh- where is he going? Is he going home? Is he running away? <laughs> where is, is he, he running, bro? Where is he running like, to? What is, is, where is Alfred? <laughs> <laughs> What's he going to do? What's Alfred going to do? Why is this just called Alfred? <laughs> Why is it called the Batman? It's really about Alfred. Batman is just it's duty supports. <laughs> 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 Fucking makes food for it and, and tells him to be smart. <laughs> uh, uh, this was uh, also the darkest interpretation of uh, Harvey Dent yet. Yeah. No, uh, definitely. Because we've had Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent once upon a time. He never went full-blown Two-Face, but he was Harvey Dent for a time. And then we had Tommy Lee Jones, who was just a, 
kind of a kooky, no, no. funny character to yeah, coincide with the, the Riddler. But like Tommy Lee Jones is not a like okay, he he obviously his performance in Men in Black, he can be he can be funny, but he's stoic funny. He is the funny that is funny without smiling. Mm-hmm. Without ever actually making a joke. And don't get me wrong, I really do appreciate Tommy Lee Jones's two face, especially the character design itself. Oh, it yeah, looks really, really, really cool. cool. I just but, don't uh, think that I, the, the, it, it didn't match up. It didn't work very well, I don't think. I uh, And I, what I'm really glad is we never actually had to see Billy D. Williams go full Two-Face because there's no way Billy D. Williams goes fully unlikable enough to not yeah. <laughs> to, to be yeah. Two-Face. Yeah, right. It's always going to be Billy D., you know. He's, <laughs> he's the smoothest motherfucker in the galaxy. Yeah, that would, uh, that would be weird, just straight up weird. I'm trying to... I don't know why, but you saying that made me want to watch Star Wars for some reason. Oh, I mean, star- the em- Empire Strikes Back when Lando Calrissian shows up is just immaculate. Chef's kiss. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What have we here? It's just, <laughs> it's just the best. Yeah. I love it. But <laughs> this is certainly the darkest yeah. Harvey Dent we ever got. Yeah. And uh, just the way they made his face look after he's been burnt to hell. Right. I mean, just graphic as yeah, hell. Very graphic, and there, this this cheeks movie, burnt away. This movie is just a repetitive cycle of iconic scenes. Oh, dude! Iconic moments. They just kept coming. About thirty minutes into the movie, we paused it. We were <laughs> like, "There have been six moments." Yeah. Where we were like, that's an iconic scene. Yeah. And we were thirty minutes into 30 the thirty minutes in, just like every single like you're just like. Yeah, man, I remember this one. Oh man, this one's so good. Oh, you know, what? I mean, I like Harvey Dent at the beginning, he he says the line, "Yeah, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain." Uh-huh. And then, uh, then I mean, fucking later on, you want to know how I got these scars? Mm-hmm. Just that first scene with Joker. Not the very first scene with Joker, obviously. I mean, the yeah. bank robbery scene bank is immaculate. The best mm-hmm. bank robbery scene in any movie ever. Yeah. Proof that you don't really need heist movies. <laughs> it can be accomplished in 10 minutes. It can be accomplished, yes. That's all you got to do. Uh, but uh when he comes in and uh finds the mob bosses and stuff all talking to each other uh-huh. and he sets the pencil up, he goes, "Want to see a magic trick? <laughs> I'll make it disappear." And then another guy approaches him, he just slams his face on yeah, it. It's yeah. gone. It's in his eye. Yeah. And it's like, "Uh god, <laughs> this guy is fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, literally. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I, I just remember watching the Joker just being shook. Like, I was just like, man, who the fuck is this? Yo, and later on in that movie, when they're at the party for Harvey Dent, and he shows up. Yeah, dude, it's terrifying. If I'm in that room as an extra, I am actually afraid that I'm yeah. gonna die. Yeah. The way that man was just approaching people and fucking with them a little bit. He's and he, generally afraid of, you don't know what the fuck is going on. You're like, what? what is he going to do? What's next? the fuck? Yeah, exactly. That's the point of the Joker. Yeah. Literally. You know, is the chaos. Uh-huh. He's an agent of chaos. He, he, doesn't, a- he doesn't have a plan. He's uh-huh. not a man with a plan. He's just like... Yeah, right. We'll but fucking do it and we'll see. It has never made sense to me. Oh, the, he's clearly a man with a plan. That man has some... Plans, like bro, that man's got some schemes. Detailed. He doesn't have a plan for an end, like like with Jonathan, right. jo- like with Jonathan Nolan. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do- doesn't have Literally. a plan. He just needs. He just needs to assert the thing. He's just like, I need to t- tell you all something that's really fucked up, but I am. Um, uh, I'm going to tell you anyway. And it's it's, show it's you. not about the money. It's, it's about, about sending a message. Yeah. And like. I don't think he even knows what the message is. No. He's just like, it's about saying something. Mm-hmm. And it's about 
just fucking doing that. Like, yeah, I'm going to do yeah. what the fuck I want. Uh-huh. And I have fun because you can't stop me. Right. Or you could stop me, but you continuously choose not to, uh-huh. you know, with the not killing him. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's it, The Joker is a very interesting, uh, uh, and, you know, we, we saw this with the, uh, with the Joker movie. Like, mm that 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 would be really interesting honestly to think well i guess you know they they occur they're they're two very different jokers with very different purposes oh 100 um the idea of joaquin phoenix's joker actually going off against the batman is strange that is kind of strange isn't uh it? because i think batman deals with that joker in seconds uh, oh yeah. yeah you know well it was you know it's young joker He's not really the, a different Joker. Yeah, I mean, it's just a different Joker. It's yeah, a different. Uh-huh. It, I don't. I don't think that Joker is supposed to face off with Batman. Right. It's well, just, but think about think about why that movie is so good though, because people like that movie is so good because that's almost even more like realistic, like grounded in reality than The Dark Knight is, which is a very gritty movie. Yeah, yeah. There's like, no superhero. There, yeah. it's just a dude who is a. A murderer, right? Like, and, and everything is, that he does is completely believable. Like there are definitely there parts are people, of the Dark Knight yeah. where you're like, mm, mm, I don't know about that. Yeah, like this okay, is still sure. a superhero. Yeah, like, it's just, this can be real life drama or whatever. But like that shit ain't happening. Everything in that movie, like you're like, man, this that could happen. Could to happen. And that's kind of point. This could be any. Like that's kind of the, the that's kind of the point of the joke. That movie. Is, yeah, yeah. This uh, could be anyone. But like. The joke, especially what Heath Ledger does with the Joker in terms of like the way that he, down to the like smallest detail, he embodies like this entity of the Joker. It, I never even like I remember watching this like the Dark Knight for the first time, not even questioning who was acting as the Joker. I didn't know for a while no, that it was Heath that Ledger. That man just was yeah. the Joker. Was... Like it was just like you. Because I've watched, I've, I've seen Heath Ledger and plenty of other stuff. I like Heath Ledger. I like yeah. 10 Things I Hate About You. I love A Knight's Tale. Those are great movies. And when I look at those, those are Heath Ledger. But then I look at the Joker. And you're like, that was who? That is, he just immersed yeah. into that fucking character. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, no. And it's, it's, it's crazy that he had to lose his life so soon after that. But like. So sad. So sad. It's it, It's just like weirdly. When shit like that happens, it's hard not to read it as being associated. Like how deep he got how deeply into this, this he got into like that character, very yeah. psychotic character. Well, and that's the thing too is that like if you and like I don't I don't know enough about the situation, but speaking in broad strokes, if you immerse yourself into somebody like that, who has that view of the world. Uh huh. And you spend enough time in that headspace, yeah. It'll, it, it, it's bound to get to you, you right, know. Right. It's just eventually it'll be like, well, maybe he's on to something. Like it's it's just bound to happen. Yeah, yeah. No, that it it, it kind of is, and that's like the danger and art of acting. In and in, in some cases, certainly. Yeah. Like with with the Joker, or the character yeah. that that was this chaotic and uh-huh. dark. Yeah. It was just something else entirely. Bleak. Just nothing positive about the man. No. No. I mean, maybe his passion, his drive. He certainly had a passion for chaos. He had an intelligence to him. He was smart. Yeah, but like, 
these qualities in and of themselves are not are neither good or bad. Yeah, that's I'd true. say. Yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely true, and that's it's what of, they do with them that is good or bad. It's what, it's what you do with them. Yeah. Um, I also want to talk about too, just like generally, like everything that goes into making. Um, the 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 plot line of this movie come alive because like think about how revo- like how much shit develops. Over it's the so intersecting too because yeah. like the way you talked about how uh, Harvey, Jim, and Batman stories are all pretty much mm-hmm. paralleled, you know, yeah. in the way that they respond to the Joker. Uh-huh. That story ties in with Rachel. Yeah, that story ties in with uh uh I I mean uh, har- uh fucking. Jim's family. Jim's family. Like it's yeah. just ev- everyone's story ends up intersecting. Right. It's just phenomenal writing. E- even even like the uh, the this is kind of the movie where you know like all the big changes happen, making Jim Gordon officially commissioner and all of mm-hmm. that. And like even when you look at the people who um, I guess aren't like they're they're very peripheral characters, like the. Uh, um, the judge, uh, the mayor who, and stuff like that. Yeah. The mayor, uh, commissioner Loeb, all of them, like, you know, they're real Batman. They're real characters from the Batman universe, but the way that they get utilized, this, to sort of represent this, um, new or like what, what is this kind of old age of Gotham? Yeah. Especially like one reminiscent of Batman begins, which I feel like takes place in a, even though they're pretty close together, I'm assuming in, in the timeline of the universe, because, you know, he got the hint about Joker at the end of begins. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, I still feel like begins Batman and dark Knight Batman are like very, very different. Like dark Knight Batman is far more advanced than begins Batman. Oh yeah. And like, because of that, like watching the, the continual transition of the city through its stages, you know, like from old to new, I think that like it was kind of the writers almost pushing the reader to be like, no, like we're uh, like we've been saying time without Batman. Like we're saying we've been questioning his purpose. Well, what's interesting, too, is like the literal view of the city we get too. and Batman Begins. That's that movie almost entirely takes place at night. Yeah. Uh-huh. And in this one, we get some more daytime scenes. And I remember Dark Knight Rises almost. It it's almost entirely daytime. Day. Yeah. Oh, shit. I think, that, I think they evolved the Holy movies from darker to light, judging by shit. how the state of Gotham. Fuck. Right? I never even thought about that. That is crazy. Because, like, Bane collapses the stadium few, during in broad daylight. There's very few. And then, um, yeah, there's very few. Because the only ones I can think of is, like, when Bane and Batman fight for the first time. Um, and then there's at the very beginning of the party. I don't know why I'm talking about that. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I, I think there's a definite, definite evolution that they meant to Uh show you in Gotham and by ushering in commissioner Jim Gordon and, uh, creating a, well, making Harvey Dent that white knight to show that they are. Right, getting saved, you know. Right, like, they they, they created a martyr. Good, yes. they created, they a, created mar- a martyr. And, yeah. and the and the thing is, like as as tragic as that is, or as as tragic, like you know, that's that's it's just like fucked up generally to think about the circumstances of that situation. Oh yeah, Harvey Dent killed like five people. He killed like five people. Went from being like this city's savior to being like just this like crazy dude, 
by the end of the movie like he, his fall from grace was epic and like literally the move to then make him out as a martyr so that like the city can survive and he can become a symbol that's larger than life literally that's what batman's like, about too yeah exactly that's what and that's Batman's why about. that's why they continue to mirror each other right it's, which it, then it becomes interesting you know when when harvey makes statements like i am the batman and mm-hmm. bruce wayne makes statements like it doesn't matter who's under the mask like and i believe in harvey dent i believe like, in harvey Dent. Mm-hmm. yeah things like that and it's like they were they were kind of pushing you to be like we are giving them we are giving gotham the pieces to resolve itself and their storylines revolve around the same woman yeah like they're both in love with rachel yeah they're both doing things to protect rachel Mm -hmm. for the most part yeah you know and like like there's just so many just perfect parallels between them it's just Mm -hmm. the joker was able to break one of them right yeah and Joker says it at the end of the movie. He's like, you're just an immovable force, huh? You just, <laughs> you will not lose it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he, he he's too, uh, he's got, I don't want to say too much of his sanity because Batman's probably a little insane. Uh, he's got something wrong with him, I'll tell you that. But like, maybe too much tragedy, I guess. But, a little too much trauma. I mean, also, I, I guess witnessing your parents dying is oh, that's pretty rough. Tragic. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm I'm not passing judgment or anything. It's yeah. just the man dresses up as a bat a and bat. fights people at night. You know, it's yeah, it comes with the territory. This man's got a little bit of some, a, a little his nuts and bolts aren't all there. Right, right, yeah, no, and uh, that's fine. You know, it's Batman. It's Batman. Um, yeah, but like just thinking about like how they how they created a, a superhero story at the time that like. Was, I feel like far more advanced and um, conceptual than any other like superhero movie you're getting. Like it's all about like this idea that anyone can be Batman, that mm-hmm. Batman is out of force for good, and that there are necessary conflicts that Batman will come in contact with. He'll have to you know deal in the underground and deal in the in the. Um, he does what he does what others can. Yeah. You know, he takes the fall for five murders and two police officers, right. you know. It, uh, yeah. And I didn't understand. And what's it, like, I didn't, I really didn't understand those comments watching that as, as a kid. Like, Oh, no. And that's the thing, too, is it's funny how much I watched this as a kid and didn't understand it. Yeah. And just took it at face value as like, this is a badass movie. There was there was points in my like the, the, There are very distinct points in my life where I'm watching movies that I've seen over and over and over. And, and you're being just like. like I'm just now understanding Click. what this story is actually saying. It's that's what I love about having been a movie watcher my whole life, yeah. but only as of the last couple of years actually analyzing, analyzing movies. Because yeah. like whenever like I, I'm trying to think of one where that happened to me. Uh, about time, which uh-huh. is just a, a movie from like 2015 with uh, Rachel McAdams and the guy who plays uh, uh, Hux and the sequel trilogy of star Wars. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, I watched that movie when I was 15 and I like, I teared up and I cried and stuff because it was moving. And then I go back and I rewatch it. And I'm like, like a few years later and I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> this was way deeper than I thought it was. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Just like, going, I was like, God, there's, there's levels, levels to this yes. shit that I did not get. And like, levels. That's just what's so beautiful about good mm-hmm. cinema is that just the way you can revisit it and learn new things right. when you watch it. Yeah. And this yeah, is no, certainly one of those. It, 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 this is definitely one of those. And, like, getting that sort of value from the movie, I feel like, is 
is sort of is what the Nolans are interested in. They are interested oh, yeah. in like creating something that is um, highly conversable. They they want to they want people to talk about like what the what the what movie it means. means. Yeah, and that's that seems. I don't. All good art does that. Oh yeah, and I mean that is absolutely par for the course with mm-hmm. the Nolans. I mean, Interstellar. Yeah. Westworld, The Dark right. Knight, <laughs> and then but like also with the good edits, like not like people who have absolutely no like interest in following the story or thinking about it critically will still watch The Dark Knight or Interstellar and be like, that shit looked dope. Yeah, <laughs> like, Westworld, you might get a bit confused. Which, but <laughs> yeah, no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't get into Westworld. I mean, Christopher Nolan didn't direct that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, I feel like you know, it's tragic to see. I hate when people are like, I just like. You know, like it should, it just look cool. I'm just like, no, nah, and I get it though. It just it's, looked I, cool. What the did. fuck have you been doing for the past hour, hour and a Bro, half? Bro, we just watched Parasite. <laughs> you yeah. telling me it looked pretty? <laughs> yeah, that's your like, one. That's yeah, your that's one it. comment. That's it. That's all you got to say. Like, <laughs> <laughs> watched watched blind spotting with a homie, and he was like, "Man, he really killed that last verse." <laughs> oh, wait, you did? Wait, who was that? Uh, was I feel boy, like he told my me. boy Malik. Oh, was it yeah, Malik? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that 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 makes sense. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and, uh, all, and like I got that. Like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't expect. It. And, and mo- there are very few people that I sit down and watch things with and expect them to look at it critically. Yeah, and like actually, I think you're the only person I sit down with to watch things and expect you to think about it critically. Like I'll be with I'll be with some friends and like I'll make a comment about a move about a movie that we're watching. Like, wow, I can't believe they just connected this to this, and they'll be like, "How? Uh, How'd they connect that to that?" And I yeah. was like, "Yeah, yeah, they they did this." No, then, yeah, right. Like, you're like, like hey. the, the, the visual cues and everything. You, you, you figure it out. <laughs> just yeah, no, and I, I I've definitely experienced that too. Like, I, it's just I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, especially when I, I've watched a movie, I'm just gonna I'm gonna talk about it. Like, it's just, it, I'm going to talk about it. Why else would like, we watch a movie than to not be able to talk about it yeah, later? I, I know. Like, that's what I want to do after I watch a movie is I'm going to find someone who's also watched this movie. Exactly. And we're going to talk about exactly. the movie. Also, this is very side note. Uncut Gems. That, that movie, every single person I've brought that movie up to will be like, you like that? Like... There, I've met one person who liked it, maybe two, but most people are just like, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Well, and that I makes sense like, though. Like, I, exactly, I also get that exactly, which is like I totally understand it. Which, but to me, that says more about the movie. The fact that they replicated that first like twenty to thirty minutes that you and I experienced watching it with most people who watched it, like that's some you did something because everybody's just like, I hated like. The way it made me feel. Yeah, I hated myself in those moments. Like, I felt like I I was doing something wrong. It just made me feel bad. Like, I just... And that's what it does. That Like, that shit, I remember, like, we both, like, looked at each other like, yo, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> we just what said, are we watching? <laughs> we were like... <laughs> I, I, I remember it was us two and one other guy in the theater, because by the end of the movie, oh. that man was asleep. Yeah. He was gone. <laughs> I remember that. We were high and, <laughs> and we were like, should we wake this man up? And we were like, nah, if he fell asleep during Uncut Gems, yeah. I don't know how we I did that. Know. He must have been tired, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that movie, like, we would keep looking over at each other like... 
I what's just, going on? I, I can't stop shaking, moving, bro. Like, that movie just like ignites your anxiety. It does. It's just it's so bad. It's so bad, but so good. But anyways, um, but yeah, the Dark Knight has a uh, a similar emotional effect in yeah. terms of just like the uh, the way it provokes feeling. You know, right? Yeah, it. No. Uh, the whole thing resonates with you. I watch uh-huh. every scene in this movie and like, I'm always captivated. Right. I never like, and that's, I mean, part of that's the power of the dialogue in this movie because obviously there's special, it's not like a wowing special effects marathon either. Yeah. You know, it's just, they it's, actually blew up that building. It's very, you know, they actually yeah. blew up the quote unquote hospital. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, it wasn't the movie, but it wasn't a hospital in real life. I don't they think. wanted to make a, a superhero that identified with people. Like, you can watch, you know, your childish superhero stories, but you don't truly identify with them. You identify with the, the, the ideal. You identify with um, with the the uh, spectacle of it. Like, you don't identify with the actual ethics of, mm-hmm. of the heroes because those ethics are, like, you know, they're just – I don't think they're expanded on, like, enough in comics. Oh, not nearly they, enough. They don't talk. Yeah. Like, they don't talk about – I guess in, in – later times like black panther would be an example of a, a, a comic that i think definitely handles ethics as its primary issue but that's also because it's written by ta-nehisi coates yeah yeah um, yeah for sure no doubt like they're usually talking about like pow 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 like crazy story going on yeah things are getting wild and and like that's the thing too is that like there is a place for that obviously that's what comic books are is that but they're they're an exciting story but right anytime you can throw that excitement at me and ground it in real world mm-hmm. uh, philosophy, ethics, mm-hmm. and just overall just situations. Situations, that could really yeah. Happen, like, like it's the, like real political like uh, turbulence that could legitimately like there could really be a big mafia out there who they're trying to catch on Rico cases and have a dude in Laos fucking laundering their money for him. Absolutely, I'm not too worried about a being with six Infinity Stones on his hand snapping away half the population. Right, you know? and like, that's mad entertaining. Yeah, don't get me wrong. <laughs> exactly. I love watching it, uh-huh. but I, it's like it's not going to hit the same uh-huh. as a villain like the Joker. Yeah, somebody exactly. who, I mean. Could be anybody that yeah. like you don't you know nothing about this guy you know nothing and he makes that they make that a major point of the movie uh-huh. the way he keeps switching his story as to how he got his scars yeah the way he they know nothing about him mm-hmm. at the police station he he hand knitted his own clothes yeah like he did all the shit he burned away his fingerprints uh huh no no you know nothing of this you man. know nothing like no dental records which probably has something to do with why his teeth are so fucking yellow god damn. God damn. God damn. I mean... I would look at that and be like, I need to brush my teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, somebody give me some floss. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, The Dark Knight's just a fucking phenomenal movie. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's uh, definitely 10 out of 10. No question about it. Not even... No question. Even, Even watching it for what's probably my 15th or 20th time. Something like that. I, but it all depends yeah, on the I size could, of the I could be, yeah, <laughs> I could be scrolling through something on my phone and still get like lose track of what I'm doing, getting sucked into the movie still. Like yeah. even though I'm basically like telegraphing the lines before they come yeah. and knowing exactly what they're gonna say, and, and I'm still just like I need so to watch. Good. And I, I keep bringing it back to Westworld because it reminds me of Westworld every uh-huh. time I rewatch 
and I always use this as the example because it's the best season of television I've ever watched. It's the first season of Westworld. Whenever I rewatch that, and I, I know what's coming every time. Uh-huh. But every time I watch it, I start connecting more and more dots. And I'm yeah. like, holy shit. Yeah. I can't believe they mentioned something in the second episode that is relevant in season two, episode eight. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. how'd they do that? How'd they do that? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just... The forethought is crazy. It's, it's off the charts. The storytelling is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And The Dark Knight has that written all over it. Oh, just yeah. Phenomenal storytelling. Oh, yeah. Shall we move on? I believe so. So let's talk some Apple TV+. Plus. Obviously, uh, you, you've had the access through uh, being at my house when, uh, when, when we've ever gotten the chance. So all we've watched together is On the Rocks and the first episode of Defending Jacob. Yeah. But I have watched a whole fucking lot of Apple TV Plus <laughs> lately, buddy. Let me there tell you. Because On the Rocks was the first thing I watched on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh-huh. Since then, I have watched four of the comedy series they have available and one docuseries. Obviously, these are all one season. This just came out. Yeah. Uh, still, a lot of time dedicated to television. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so first, I wanted to, I just want to make a quick segment about these shows because for me, they haven't missed. I mean, some are better than others, but like uh-huh. I am constantly entertained by all of these. Uh-huh. First up, Ted Lasso, starring Jason Sudeikis. Created by Jason Sudeikis. Okay. Uh, it's about a, a British or a British football team in the uh, Premier League, which is like the highest league. Like in soccer? Soccer, yeah. Okay. And they hire an American football coach. Like American football. American football <laughs> with like the pigskin. And that's funny. He won, he, won a, he won a football national championship. That's that's a funny place to start with this show like because it's like that's that's like just like, you know, like. Every kid's gonna make that joke at some point. You know, oh like, yeah, yeah. Football? football. What do you? Which football? What, you mean soccer? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So the the premise is this: this coach Ted Lasso. He uh he coached Wichita State, and in his first year at, at this D two, his first year at this D two school wins the national championship, turning them from a garbage program, taking them to the promised land. Right. Yeah. So uh this oh this <laughs> this uh owner named Rebecca overseas for AFC Richmond hires this guy and uh, to coach her soccer team, her European football uh-huh. or everywhere else in the world football. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> she, she's looking to run the team into the ground. It's one of those premises. So uh-huh. that's why she'd hire an American football coach. It's yeah. I'm shocked. Nobody put it together, uh, yeah. but that was her goal. And uh, just from there, Ted Lasso is the most likable character I've ever watched in anything. Okay. Okay. And that's the point of him is that like everyone overseas wants to hate him because he's the American coach who's going to run this team into the ground. How could you possibly do this? You've never, you don't know anything about soccer. What are you doing here? Yeah. So everyone in Europe wants to hate him, but you cannot hate this man. (laughs) That is the point of his character is he's the most likable man on earth. (laughs) And, and like not, not like a douchey likable like he's trying to make you like him it's just it is you are not going to not like him that's yeah. just how it is yeah and <laughs> he's got an assistant coach who is just always there by himself by his side a perfect balance to yeah. the positivity that ted lasso radiates uh-huh. and it's just it's a lot of fun watching him win everybody over and uh-huh. 
and how the how the but series he still progresses. doesn't know how to coach soccer. knows nothing about soccer he it's he, he passes that on to his assistant he his focus as a coach is to make the guys better as people right and wins and losses don't really matter eventually that gets to be a problem because now they're professionals not right. college not, so this is a rec league yeah but uh it, it turns into it's one of my favorite comedy series of all time already, and it's one season, ten episodes. Uh, just absolutely phenomenal. So if you have Apple TV+, Plus, check out Ted Lasso. Next up, For sure. Dickinson. It's with... Um, uh, Haley Steinfeld. She's uh, She stars as Emily Dickinson. Oh, what's the one then with um, Eleven? With Millie, Millie Bobby, Bobby Brown? Brown? I don't think that's on Apple TV+. Plus. There. Are you thinking of Enola Holmes? Th- I am. Yeah, that's, that's on, on Netflix. Netflix. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dickinson. Getting my uh, young, y- young, young portrayals of old <laughs> white women wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, Emily Dickinson, uh, the show Dickinson is just fucking great. Uh, I'm I'm assuming we don't actually have a lot of historical documentation about what Emily Dickinson was up to, mm-hmm. so this show is written based upon Emily Dickinson poems. Like, what must have inspired her to write these? Uh-huh. And what's famous about Dickinson is that her poems are notoriously hard to interpret. So yeah. it's like watching these things and the way they come up with things to apply to the poems, uh-huh. it's really it's really entertaining because uh-huh. uh, the the portrayal of Dickinson is just phenomenal. She's an artist who can't be tamed. Yeah. Basically, she never wants to get married, never wants to be tied down like that. She thinks yeah. marriage is a prison. Stuff like that, and uh, obviously there are wrenches thrown at her throughout the series. Otherwise, I mean, like, what's the point? Yeah. And uh, it's just really good. It's interesting to see the portrayal of uh, women because mm-hmm. during that time, obviously this is early 1800s, there's uh, women don't have a lot of rights, so they uh, talk about uh, yeah. vote, their voting and stuff. Like uh-huh. uh, Emily Dickinson's dad runs for, like, Senate or something, and... She's like it's a he's like it's election day and she's like why would I give a shit? I don't get to vote. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Huh, fair enough." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh it's just and stuff like that. And it's funny too because they talk modernly a lot. Really? It's not 1800s dialogue. A yeah. lot like they they play a lot of rap music. Rap music? There's a lot like not in the show like that's part of the soundtrack, well, you know. Yeah, but just like still in general that being Oh, and it's it's hilarious. The like the the way they the way they <laughs> intersection just modern culture to like 1800s the way they they would have acted is hilarious and like uh they've got a dude who's like a fuckboy. Uh one lady like paint like draws a nude for him because she couldn't take a picture oh my gosh and he he shares the nude around with his friends Mm -hmm. he takes the piece of paper the drawing and shows it to everybody and says this is her and like now everybody in town's seen her body and stuff like that you know like and like the modern i mean the old take on what something relatively modern all right it's interesting because like there's there's a good potentiality that (laughs) that happened then that that definitely is true it's weird to think about the fact that people probably, probably don't change that much. It's, it's astonishing. It's But yeah, Dickinson, and it's very artful. Yeah, we're better now. Wiz Khalifa is in it. Wiz Khalifa. He plays, what? he plays death. What? Yeah. I gotta watch this. Oh, dude, we'll watch it together because <laughs> I know you'll love this show. Uh, yeah, Dickinson, 
I knew when I see death. I remember seeing the trailer for this and being like, okay, Apple TV exclusive. This sounds like a load of bullshit. But then I watched, like, I I didn't like the fact that Apple TV was coming out with a streaming service of their own. So I was already predisposed to like whatever they created. But I watched this premiere, or like this, uh, not preview, preview, and I was like, I'm not going to lie. I would be interested in a show about Emily Dickinson. It's, it's really good. Uh, <laughs> and I say Ted Lasso is like the best. I think that like critically Dickinson's probably the best. Ted mm-hmm. Lasso just brings me the most joy. Yeah. Uh, next up we got Central Park, which is an animated uh, series that's kind of a musical. It's got uh, Leslie Odom Jr., uh, Kristen Bell, Catherine Hahn, uh, Titus Burgess, who was in uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, uh-huh. Leslie Odom Jr. was in Hamilton. Uh, Catherine Hahn's been in a whole bunch of comedies forever. And, uh, Kristen Bell obviously is very famous. Uh-huh. Uh, and they're they're a family who lives in Central Park. Their dad's the park manager, yeah. and the premise is that Bitsy Brandenham, a a billionaire, is going to buy Central Park, and you know turn it into more city, mm-hmm. destroy the park, and uh, her maid is or not maid, but kind of an assistant, all encompassing. Is played by David Diggs. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you get you get a little bit of everything in this movie with uh, uh-huh. in the show with just a yeah. It looks like they got a lot of good people. Oh, there. they got a great cast on that show, and like all the songs are like very very situational. You will never listen to these songs casually because yeah. they are all very very about what's going on in the okay. show. But they're all catchy as fuck. <laughs> Every time I'm watching, I'm like, God, I love this. this yeah. is, it just brings me a lot of joy. It's very entertaining. Uh, I don't have much else to say about it. It's just a very entertaining show. Okay. Uh, next up, we got Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet. I clicked on this having zero idea what it would be yeah, about. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is this? I was like, how the fuck? <laughs> I was I was like, Mythic Quest sounds cool. It has Rob McElhenney in it, who was okay. in uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh-huh. And I was like, I'm in. I'll check it out. And he owns, or he is the creative director of a video game company. And their video game is Mythic Quest. And uh, the pilot, they're launching their first expansion pack, Raven's Banquet. Uh-huh. So uh, it's actually interesting that the whole show is called Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet. Because honestly, I really think that should have just been like the title of the pilot. Yeah, the rest I of the... Just, I still don't Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet. It's not a good title. It's very not a good title. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know what to feel after hearing that. Well, and, and the, the thing is, is that it completely... It's going to send people running the title because it does not fit at all what the okay. show is, you know? Uh I mean, obviously, Mythic Quest is like a League of Legends type game. It's it's like one of those, and they've got a they've got a the cast is just this a, is the docu mini uh, docu series. No, this is a this is a comedy. This okay. is one of the comedies. Uh, it's it's super funny. Not nearly as good to me as Dickinson or Ted Lasso, but uh-huh. still highly enjoyable. Very funny. Uh, Rob McElhenney plays a super egotistic, egotistical hyper masculinity, uh, just doucher. Yeah. And uh, it's all about his his relationship with his employees, and uh-huh. they have a boss named David who is just a, he's a soy boy beta cuck, as they would call him. Okay, uh, <laughs> they call him that in the show, just to give you an soy idea. Soy boy of, beta cuck, and he goes, "What's a soy boy beta cuck?" And he's like, uh, she, "I'll tell you later." That's is, is it a good thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. And they use, <laughs> but yeah, Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet also pretty solid. Uh, and then I also wanted to talk about the docu series I watched. It's called a uh, Long Way Up. It's uh, Ewan McGregor and Charlie. Uh, Not really, but they do climb mountains. Uh, So, a little bit. But they're riding electric motorcycles from the most southern 
point of South America all the way up to Los Angeles. That doesn't even sound fun. Uh, they've done this before. They had a, a, a documentary in 2004 called Long Way Around where they rode from London to New York East. And How then, the fuck is that? I awesome? mean, they probably had to like take a boat across and then okay. ship the bikes across. Too. I was about to say, like, I was like, I and then I, they have I don't one. Think my geography is that bad. Yeah, <laughs> and then they have one called Long Way Down from Scotland to uh, the southern tip of Africa, which is twenty four thousand miles or something like that. Yeah. This was a uh, thirteen thousand miles and long way up. It's the most modern one. It only happened uh, this year, uh, and or well, they recorded it in twenty nineteen. Good timing. Yeah. For them to have gone on a fucking yeah. worldwide trip. Right. Uh, and, I mean, I'll watch you and McGregor do anything. That's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love that guy. Right. So, uh, and just, it's all about them interacting with the people, them making their journey up there. Uh, at times, it is, it's, like, when I watch the older ones, because uh-huh. I also watched Long Way Round, or Long Way Down, it is funny watching these white men interact with the people yeah. of different and they do a good job of being uh observant and not uh-huh. like trying to have like a savior complex you know yeah, where they try yeah. to like benefit the benefit the people really it's yeah. just kind of like a, we're here to say hi hang out with you guys for a bit and we're uh-huh. going to get going right uh so there there's nothing that like makes you feel like uh why watching you know uh-huh. it's it's all pretty good and uh i mean i just love you and mcgregor so i'm always in for that but yeah, Apple TV Plus has got a good slate of shit out there, dude. Yeah, it's, it sounds uh, like it. It's, I'm definitely going to check out more things. Uh, I watched the pilot of C with Jason Momoa. Okay. Which is just, uh, it looks like it, that's one of those, uh, the creators wanted to create a lore, uh-huh. kind of like uh, like a Game of Thrones would have. Because yeah. they have names for things that are like you're gonna you're gonna want to learn these names so that you kind of understand uh-huh. what they're talking about. Yeah, like they they make enough references to things that you're like, wait, what's that? <laughs> you're like, okay, all right, I gotta I gotta figure this shit out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm obviously more lately into the uh, twenty minute ish yeah. episode, that's so the a, comedy is right up my alley. Yeah, I was no, like, I'm a, the, I'm a carve uh, through these. That's the ideal. <laughs> so yeah, if you uh, if you have Apple TV, I think Apple TV Plus is definitely worth at least. Uh, a look-see, you know. It's. Uh, I think Did you, you ever can get... figure out why you have Apple TV Plus. Uh, they randomly offered like a really cheap year, year-long membership. It was mm. like, uh, I don't know. My mom did it. She was uh, like, okay. so she bought it. She just didn't said, tell you? she said Betsky and <laughs> signed up. And then like when when we discovered that we had it, that's yeah. when my mom told me. She was like, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you. Uh, and I was like, I could have. Yeah, but when was this? <laughs> yeah, you're like apparently uh, it was like a week earlier. Like, so you, I, I wasn't you know what I do. Like you know who I am. You <laughs> I, know like, I watch a lot of TV and I talk about it. You're gonna okay? just leave me hanging on a whole goddamn new streaming service. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's. Immaculate. I enjoy it greatly, so uh, strongly recommend Apple TV+. Plus. Next segment? Next segment. So what we're going to do for this final segment is we're going to talk a little bit of rap. Some hip-hop. I know last week, or last time we got together, we didn't talk much about hip-hop. What? We talked a lot about a... We had a lot of alternative, some pop in there. We we, we just kind of branched oh, off a little I remember, bit. Yeah, we we really because that was the one where we were playing music, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. we were playing music and having conversations over the music. And like fun. the thing about hip hop, I think that has become true for both of us is that we don't necessarily need to listen to hip hop all the time to. Uh, and that's what that was the point to we appreciate made, you know. But yeah. sometimes we're gonna take a step back and we're gonna appreciate the shit out of hip hop. Yeah. 
So, we saw an idea on Twitter, and we decided to take it, make our own. Uh, you get $20 to create a collab album. You got three tiers. A $15 tier, a $10 tier, and a $5 tier. In each of these, we have six rappers. So, in the $15 tier, we got Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, Jay-Z, Snoop Dogg, Andre 3000, and Kanye West. In the $10 tier, we got Busta Rhymes, we got Eminem, we got Ghostface Killer, we've got Jay Electronica, Pusha T, and Lil Wayne. And then in the $5 tier, we got Joey Badass, ASAP Rocky, Isaiah Rashad, J.I.D., Kid Cudi, and Denzel Curry. Now, these are by no means the 18 best rappers on earth. These are just 18 rappers we decided to throw together. Yeah. You know. I feel like that's how these usually come out. They, anyway. usu- they usually do. Pretty arbitrary, but I mean, honestly, ours is objectively better than all the other ones because we made it. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, no doubt. Yeah. We're just better. For sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the point is we have $20. We get to combine as many as we, as many as we can as long as it adds up to 20 And you go with it. What first thought do you go with? You know, what's weird is, like, I actually didn't really think too in-depth about it until right now, literally. Yeah, me either. But (laughs) if, you know, all right, so we're we're just going to work our way from the top. And we also got to think about, you know, combinations. Absolutely. That's the point. How do they mesh? How are these people going to work together? And so what that means, you can't always discard these some of the artists in the $5 category. Absolutely not. In Um, fact, you could create... A twenty dollar album with four of those five dollar artists. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's that's easily for sure. And uh, just thinking about what type of album I would like to see made from this one collection thought. of artists. One thought: Do you want to up it to twenty five dollars? I'm cool with that because then we would get we could have more combinations with the ten dollar tier. Like I'm, you could yeah. get two tens and a five. I'm cool with so that. So we're going to change it to $25 overall. All right, yeah. Keep that in mind, not 20 anymore. Sorry, that's an on-the-fly on the change, but I looked at the list, and I was like, yo, this would make more sense with the $25 yeah. limit. Yeah. So let's do that, $25. Um, But the kind of the kind of album I'd, I'd be thinking of making, it's got jazz in it. It's got to have jazz. It's got jazz in it. And so that means I got to have Zay. You got to have Zay. I got to have Kendrick. You got to have Kendrick, and that's 20 right there. And that's 20 right there, which leaves me with another five. And honestly, Zay and Kendrick is the, that's, uh, of any duo on here, uh, that's the one that I That's the one you take. Yeah, I mean. A whole album of that? Oh, a whole. A Kendrick, Zay album, like a Cole J.I.D. album? (sighs) Buddy. Oh, man. Obviously, that's only $20, too. Yeah. I think either of those combinations, you throw Joey Badass into the mix, and you're set. That's what I'm saying. That was my that was my pick. Zay, Kendrick, Joey. Could not agree more. What, what, Fucking phenomenal. Yeah, like what what I don't uh, God. Think about the 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 duality that that you get with a Joey badass and then a Kendrick Lamar. Or a Joey badass and a a a, a Isaiah Rashad cuz well actually how this would probably go is you know Kendrick is at the forefront. Kendrick is just naturally expected to be this big voice and that 100% yeah, and like that—that's how the Black Panther album played out too. <laughs> but I think he's very creative about how he asserts himself um, on albums, and so Kendrick okay. would be—he would be a regular voice, but Joey on one side doing like you know this this sort of uh, I don't know like this smooth boom bap like underground like '90s sort of shit, 
and then you got Zay doing just spitting bars, doing anything over yeah, like, some smooth shit. Like uh, that's just that's a phenomenal I, I idea. That's a phenomenal idea. And uh, you know what's uh, what's hard about this ten dollar tier for me is that I just don't I don't know how they mesh with with it at all. That's what like, I'm saying. I mean, there's some combinations that I think work here. Obviously, we've seen it work with Jay Z and Jay Electronica, right? With right. a written testimony because uh-huh. that shit was album of the year for me. Yeah, and we've seen it work with uh, Ye and Pusha T. Absolutely, definitely. I mean, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of good options here. I. I would absolutely love a Kendrick Lamar by Lil Wayne album. These you know two what? together joining forces, we get fifteen, uh, like a ten track to twelve track album of Kendrick Lamar and Lil Wayne just Mona Lisa and all over the place, mm. and I'm there. See, I was having that same thought that you are, except with three stacks. Okay, you think three stacks and Wheezy. Think about the, the way they use play. their voices the and the wordplay. It would be exquisite. That shit would be, yo, I'm just thinking about, like, Lil Wayne's, like, high-pitched voice and, like, the way that he's, like, so clever with words. And then here in Three Stacks, who's not quite as clever with words, but still exceptionally clever, but much better with, like, creating unique sounds with his voice. And, like, oh. Wheezy's good at that, but to a lesser extent. So, like, they just kind of balance, each, they other balance each other out. I'm trying to think of a combo that involves potentially three stacks with some $5. Maybe we get some Andre 3000 mm. and Kid Cudi. Mm. We get some more of that uh, passion, pain, and demon slaying sort of sound Yeah. with uh, three stacks and Cudi. And you know, and you know what's funny is when I come to this $5 chair and I've just got to pick one of them out. I feel I feel confident that either Joey Badass or Isaiah Rashad will fit with anybody. I yeah. have zero I have I, zero pretty, doubts. I'm about pretty them. confident in that too. They're very they've proven themselves to kind of be able to just rap. And, and JID, honestly. Well, oh, I, yeah. well, that's the thing though is that I don't know how well JID would fit over the idea I have for the concept with Three Stacks and uh-huh. Kid Cudi. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I don't want to doubt him though because I just know this man's just. K- killing it you know it's thing. just it's he's phenomenal he's yeah. phenomenal no for sure i'm I'm trying to figure out a way to work denzel in though because denzel's got some that, that man's got some talent let's talk uh let's talk uh give me push a t Ooh, give me it. denzel curry oh okay and you know what give Coach. me bust a fucking rhymes Honestly. Throw Bus a Bus, Pusha T, and Denzel Curry on the same album, and that shit is going to be the hardest yeah. thing you heard in ages. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah, no, nah, that, that that would be hard. I'm not going to lie. I'm <sighs> Busta or Ghostface, though. When it comes to that combo there? Yeah. Ghost, it. Don't get me wrong. Ghostface goes very well with that combo as well. Mm-hmm. I think that Busta adds a flavor that yeah okay just no, like nobody replicates Busta. That's just not nah, happening. Nah. It's just now I have you intend to me in though. You know <laughs> you, you heard that shit on Look Over Your Shoulders. That man just does what the fuck he wants on yeah, a track, no, that's it. and it's it's good. Yeah, it's, and <laughs> it's, it's exceptional good somehow, some way. And and I think I think Busta rhymes by Pusha T with Denzel Curry on it would just be killer. Oh yeah. 
No, I think so too. And honestly, I could see Jay Alec even fitting in well with that group as well. Uh, yes, I yes. like Jay uh, Electricity. Jay, uh, like we, uh, Jay Jay Alec is like someone who who's got like. So we know Jay Alec and Jay goes together, no doubt. I want to figure out some more Jay Electronica combos. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm thinking. Jay Alec and Joey would be something. Like that's no doubt. Jay Alec. Hmm. You know what's funny is like we have as an option here that like has a distinct possibility in real life, but uh, nobody's really interested in <laughs> what Eminem and Kid Cudi. Ah, uh, wait, really? Yeah, you you remember that shit they dropped the the Man on the Moon and. Or, uh, the Moon Man and Slim Shady or something. Yeah, that I remember that not being very good. I mean, it wasn't bad. It was just like it was just like it's just such a wild combo. I yeah, never no, would have. I never would have asked for Eminem with Kid Cudi. Yeah, I feel like there's like one person in each of these uh, <laughs> categories that just probably won't ever get picked by us. That being ASAP, Eminem, and uh, Yay, Yay, yeah, <laughs> no uh, doubt. I. Uh, you know what I want is I. This isn't on the list, but I just want another Snoop Dogg Wiz Khalifa collab album. Bro. I, I, I need that. They got it. They got I, to at some point, though, right? Bro, they have to. I just I, I, I need that so bad. Yeah, no, that was just be hard. A, Not they're lie. the best together. Okay, the few combinations in music history have made me quite as happy as Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa. Okay. No, I feel that. I feel that for sure. Just the shit. Snoop Dogg, Wheezy. Snoop, no, Snoop Dogg. I don't know. Snoop Dogg and Wheezy, I think that could go really well. I think that could too. But I was thinking of even some younger dudes because Snoop, Snoop collaborates with young dudes very well. Mm-hmm. Snoop and J.I.D. But I don't Snoop, that's what that was my first instinct. But beyond that, I don't know if anyone else. And like, you know, Joey could make something shake. But I don't know if I want a whole album of Joey and Snoop. Give me a Snoop, J.I.D., Denzel. Denzel? Denzel Curry. I can see that, actually. I, I mean, it's it's going to be funky. It's going to be weird because mm-hmm. that's the thing about Snoop, too, is that he collabs well, but he's not going to change for anybody. Right. He's going to do him. Right. You know? So it's going to have to be J.I.D. and Denzel, and I think J.I.D. can do Snoop Dogg really can do like a Snoop Dogg vibe really well. Yeah. Denzel's the only guy we haven't seen really encapsulate encapsulate that, I don't uh-huh. think. Cuz I think JID's done it with like a strawberry strawberries. Oh yeah, yeah. Bro, yeah. that that song like that's, that's a Snoop Dogg that, song straight up. Uh-huh. No, it is. That's just yeah, straight up. Um <coughs> who, we, who 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 we got with Cole? I don't I, like I Can you not I mean Cole JID's A. Cole JID's A. That's it. That's that's it. it. Or maybe Cole JID Joey. But how about uh Cole J Elect straight up collab? I ain't even think that was good until you put it in my head. I didn't either. Because I feel like I, I even cons- I feel like I considered it like like silently and was like, nah. I, but then you said it, and I really thought I about it. I just kept looking at it because I th- I had had the thought earlier, and I was like, nah. But then we kept talking about it. we hadn't mentioned many duos, and I I kept thinking about it, and I was like, if you give me some fucking for your eyes only Cole, and you throw that with some J Elect. <sighs> 
I think we got something Ooh. mean here. Ooh. I think we got something. Uh, like, uh, fucking uh, Everybody Dies, J. Cole. Yeah, that's what False I'm Prophets, J. Cole. I'm, I'm, I'm saying the climb back, J. Cole. Like, Because, mm. yeah, yeah, that shit would be hard. Like, think about, like, um, for whom this bell tolls. Mm. Like, oh. and, and then, and then think for whom about- the bell tolls could be like. I want to combine that with, uh, I mean, a written testimony. I want to put that with like Ezekiel's wheel. <laughs> yes. I was thinking either that or uh, a uh, the last a- song, A P I D T A or something a- like yeah. that. Yeah, uh huh. Like you put Cole on that hook instead of Jay Z. I got numbers in my phone. Oh got a devil shit! Ring again. Yo. And himself to Yo, honestly, Until straight up, I think, again. I think, yeah, yeah. Yo. Did J. Cole write that song? That's, That's written saying. for that J. Cole. Give me a second. Like you just said that, and I was like, yeah, I can hear it. I can hear You're the like, whole the, song. The fucking, the, the, uh, <laughs> That's so J. Cole. Yo. That's, oh my God. Damn. I ain't never thought of I it. I ain't never thought of but that But no, that, that hook is Jake. Is, it's, it's a J. Cole verse. Like that belong, That He should perform that. Damn. Yeah. Oh my God. I can hear it. Just I, like. Oh. In that, yeah, like, that kind of mumbled voice he does yeah. every now and then. I got numbers in my phone uh, uh, that never ring again. Yo, Cole and JLA. I, sh- I might have to give. I mean, I would, at this point. I'm trying to consider more duos. Just yeah, I, to- I'm not going to lie, though. Cole and JLA might be the most. I, I've now become the most excited for that duo. Right? <laughs> so, like, the more we talk about it, the more I'm the in. The more I'm like, yo. And then you got to think about how, like. JLX been going in on religion, like he's always Ooh. been like kind of religious, and yeah. then you get Cole saying some you soulful, know, I mean, like real life shit, because like that's the type of writing Cole does. Like Cole doesn't do the writing Kendrick does. Kendrick does this like very complex sort of like social critique shit, like mm. where he's where he's talking about like you know social realities and what it's like being Kendrick Lamar from Compton. But Cole, he's just telling like shit that everybody can relate to, and that's why everybody loves Cole is because he's saying some shit that you're just like, damn, like. Yeah, we all got. I, that. I remember that girl from math class, bro. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you said it a little weird, but I'm with you. All right. Just <laughs> like you, you, you overshared a little too much, but uh, <laughs> for the sake of the song, shit's still. I fire, get that bro. this was a coming of age story, but I ain't need so much of the coming. All right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm so glad that's recorded. <laughs> I am too. I'm going to set that as like a little outtake and play it at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Bro. <laughs> but, I mean, Cole in the leg, that's really getting me excited yeah, right there. That's, that's... I mean, and whenever I talk about like, what's funny is that like, I love J. Cole with my entire heart. Oh, bro. Yeah. I love his music so oh, damn yeah. much. But I can't help but think any anywhere we mention Cole, Kendrick would just apply better. <laughs> it's, just, yeah. it's, just, it's just it's just that Kendrick Lamar can do what Cole does. Yeah, and he does it well. Yeah, and so the thing is, like the the only thing that would separate it is that maybe Cole's voice goes a little better with JLX. Kendrick just always does something that you cannot deny. Yeah, like let's be <laughs> honest, Kendrick with anyone in the ten category is it's gonna a slap, bro. Kendrick by Busta, proven good. Yeah, Kendrick like, by Eminem, proven, 
probably proven good somewhere. Uh, <laughs> Kendrick by Ghostface can't even imagine. Can't even imagine how that. fucking good that would be. Kendrick and JLX. Kendrick's that even deeper on the religion stuff than Cole. Exactly. <laughs> Kendrick and Push. Oh, bro, oh, that's the know. one. We already. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> it's Kendrick and Push. <laughs> that's the one. Yo. Ah. <laughs> Bro, it's Kendrick and Push. Uh, and I, mean, I mean, Kendrick and Weezy. We already talked about that one. We, that yeah, we perfect. already know. That's a, that's a wrap. <laughs> but, I mean, Kendrick and Push. Ten, and to, 10 to 12 nostalgias. I mean, here. Does, I kind of want to keep doing duos for the $15 tier. Just go one by one and figure out who meshes best. So, we're settling on Kendrick Push, Cole J. Elect. Uh-huh. Uh, Jay-Z J. Elect obviously works really well. Um, I'd like to see Jay Z. Ghostface. Ghostface. No, yeah. Ghostface was my first instinct. Ghostface. Yeah, I was thinking that both New York. And I just feel like nobody's contemplated Jay and Ghostface. Yeah, it's not something I've ever well, thought about. But I don't know. Jay is not a very different type of persona than Ghostface is. Ghostface is like type of dude that you you. It's Ghostface Killer. That's his name. His name is Ghostface Killer. Like I remember the first time like my mom told me about Ghostface Killer, she was like. You don't want to fuck with Ghostface. That Killer. might be the hardest rap name of all time. Oh yeah, that's something I don't think we've talked about. Damn, ever is the hardest rap names of all time. But Ghostface Killer is top two, and it's probably not two. It's probably not two. Like, what's better? Certainly, nobody on this list. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg's. Not, I mean, Snoop Dogg's got that classic quality to it. But like, that's because of what he did. Like, you yeah. hear somebody like come to the stage. Let's welcome to the stage, Ghostface Killer. You're like, like you this like, guy. Gonna, this guy better kill shit. Yeah, no, if not, literally. he doesn't deserve the name. Yeah. And Ghostface Killer confu- uh, continuously kills it. Mm-hmm. Push T. That's always been kind of hard. J Electronica. That's all, that's kind of dope too. But they're just not Ghostface Killer. J and Weezy. Jay Z, yeah, and Jay Z and Weezy. I think I think that that's that, good. That might be the. I think that's the J matchup though, because like I can't, I can't not wonder about Jay Z and Lil Wayne. These are two dudes who do not write. Oh yeah, I hadn't even thought about. They just get in the booth and just spin. And they have had can the careers imagine, they have. Can you imagine them having a verse kind of like uh, Andy Pac Corday on R and P? Them going back and forth like that, yo. I, I want to. I just. It's like a social experiment, bro. Yeah. I want to see that happen because, like, neither of them writing, mm-hmm. them going off top and having to feed off what the other person said. That would be electric. Yeah. Oh, and I know they both have that so capability. Good. That would be so good. I think. Uh, I don't think Snoop really meshes well with any of the ten dollars here. Snoop maybe and Pusha, maybe. I say Wheezy. Wheezy. Like again, Snoop and Wheezy is probably the best combo for him. Snoop and we, yeah, yeah, I agree. Maybe Snoop and uh, no, not Ghostface, not Snoop and Eminem. I feel like they could probably work well together. Probably um, they could do something. We could get some still DRE got, type shit up in here. Yeah, right. They got the connection through Dre. To so. Dre, yeah, that'd probably work the best. Oh, I mean a Snoop by Eminem album produced by Dr. Dre. Mm-hmm. I'm in like that. You, you you throw a produced by Dr. Dre on there, and that's oh, an album wow. I'm unquestionably there for. It's over with. It's over. Um, three stacks. I I still think probably meshes best with Wheezy, but I I think I 
don't mind the idea of three stacks by Eminem. I was thinking either three stacks by Eminem or Busta. Busta would work really well too. I think uh, that's the thing about three stacks too. Is he? I kind of think of him the way I think of Kendrick. I think that like he certainly and three stacks is different than Kendrick in that like he certainly has his thing. You know, yeah. like Kendrick can bend and break and do shit that you'd never anticipate him doing. And Andre three thousand. He'll do that too, but he always has the same voice. Right, you know, right. you always know it's Andre Three Thousand. There will be songs where Kendrick will come in, and for a second, I'll be like, "Wait a minute!" Yeah, that was like the wildest flow I've ever heard come out of that man. Yeah, yeah. like, uh, fucking in Mona Lisa. Uh-huh. <laughs> Is that the shit that you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Touching yourself, watching Netflix videos, hop on the internet, watching his interviews. I don't know. <laughs> what yeah. is he doing? It's I, fucking phenomenal. Yeah. But like, that's that's like the ability Three Stacks has. Uh huh. Oh no, he that's where Kendrick got it from. Oh, he's one hundred percent influenced by three stacks. Yeah, like, no, he just he just saw it like you, you you I don't know, people heard three stacks oh, and they heard something we they talked never heard about before. we talked about that three stacks and wheezy dichotomy and I think you throw those two together hurtling at a hundred miles an hour, the explosion creates Kendrick Lamar. Like it's just <laughs> Yo that's that's funny. Three stacks and wheezy is Kendrick Lamar. That's <laughs> But that makes almost too much sense. I mean, it just fits. Uh, it does. But, uh, yeah, I think I think Three Stacks and Wheezy. That's, I'm realizing Wheezy is probably the most versatile $10 tier here. I feel like he's going to fit best with most of those guys. Yeah. Yay and Wheezy would be hard. Three Stacks and Wheezy would be hard. Snoop and Wheezy could be hard. Jay and Wheezy could be hard. Cole and Wheezy could be hard. Kendrick and Wheezy, definitely hard. Yeah, like it's, <laughs> it's no doubts about Wheezy, man. He's yeah, going to no. be good. I mean, honestly, let's be honest. Wheezy belongs in the $15 category. Like, he was the last name we put on the entire list because because he just happened to slip our minds, and we were like, fuck, we've got one open I, on the 10. I always forget about Lil Wayne. Yo, because, like, he's so just, I'm just like. He's always just. Lil Wayne. Like, like he's, the he's just an is, unquestioned greatness, you know? Yeah, right. It'll be sad when he dies. And I oh, honestly, dude. I wouldn't be surprised if that's in the next 20 years. Let's settle on our $25. Who you spending it on for this collab album? What's your final answer? Cole and Jay Lack. I can't get past it. I can't get past it. It's too good. I'm looking and I'm just like looking at their names next to each other and I'm just like, that looks so What's fire. funny too like, is we've got so many names on this list. When we rattled off those names, yeah. I was like, no way I settle on J. Cole and J. Electronica. There's no way. But here <laughs> I, I am. J combo too. <laughs> J and J. I don't know what it is about the J's, man. They they make it work. Yeah, I mean, Jermaine Cole. In the spirit of uh, mixing shit up, I, I mean, my first gut, my gut, I, I can't get past the Cole and Jay like yeah, thing. That's my that, first that would, choice. That but like, I got, I got to think of Joey, Badass, JID, Isaiah Rashad, and Denzel Curry all on something together would just murder. Like, just be the shit. All five dollars yeah. here. Yeah, that 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 would be that would be quite an album. Not gonna lie. I just oh here oh never mind. I feel like you do lose with with more people. Honestly, I feel like it's harder to make a good album. I agree, especially I agree. for people who don't whose like creative interests haven't always been aligned. You know, they're independent artists. Like they all have mm-hmm. their own creative directions. Like even groups, like whole people who come on the scene, seen as groups, become so creatively different individually that they break up. And yeah, like fuck it, I'm doing my own shit. 
You're right. You're right. But that is not that does not interact with the fact that I would still love to hear Joey J.I.D.Z. and Denzel. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I, and and fucking Cuddy if we get twenty five. Like Oh shit, yeah, I forgot it's five. <laughs> yeah. It's not yeah, like shit, man. That Cuddy brings it together every song. Denzel at the rapping part, Jay and J I Zay and J I D and Joey just do their thing and then We have like one train for every song. Well, I was just listening to that this morning that shit it's, it's killer uh, another thought one last thought Busta J-Elect Joey Badass that's it that's my, that's my last Busta, thought Busta J-Elect Joey it's my last thought um, I think that'd be pretty solid too uh, just if they got on the same page but my first choice is still J. Cole J. Electronica I just can't get it out of my head that APIDTA was written for J. Cole <laughs> yo like, what the hell oh man they, they missed out on that one they could have thrown them on one song yeah she, she. <laughs> they should have. Yuck. Shall we sign off, my friend? I believe so. This has been the Penny Bloom podcast. It was the 59th episode. Just wild. We're really getting numbers up there. Yeah. Ten episodes away from 69, which would be just nice. Uh, I <laughs> thank you for that. Of course, I am Colton Robertson. I was joined by none other than the magnificent Tavares Pennington. Yep. Thank Peace you. out. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. For being here, it's been it's been a few weeks. I yeah, you, you. you know. Yeah. Also, shout out my man Keanu Reeves. You know, it's it's nothing but peace, love, and bloom, and always, always praising Keanu Reeves. Always, like not always. a day goes by, not a day go by, not a day go by. Always praise Keanu. Reeves. Always, always, deuces, always. <laughs>